the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton from Spirit of the Lord Church, and you're listening to Isaiah 61. And uh, uh, just once again, enjoying this marvelous weather that we have out here. <laughs> uh, I know I, 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 I played the a white Christmas thing at the end, and I, some of my friends gave me a hard time about that last week, knowing that uh, me and Snow do not get along. And so, uh, you know, but if it comes, it comes. But if it doesn't, uh, you know, one man to be happy in the Twin Cities area. And that'd be me. Today, I have a, a, a guest. Uh, I have a young man from my church, uh, Michael Graves. And uh, he's going to hear, uh, give his testimony. We're going to just sit around and just talk about some issues. You know, we, we've we been talking. Uh, he's, you know, been uh, getting his baptism by fire in Sunday school. <laughs> teaching a youth Sunday school class so some of y'all can identify with that uh, you know watching them try to uh, weasel their way out of it with their their standard answers and same verse for, for 97 different subjects as one kid does but uh, but the main thing I really want to talk to him about for you to, sh- to share is his, uh, his, his testimony a spiritual journey with you and then we're going to have a discussion about uh, being a single parent uh, Mike has been a single parent for a long time and, uh, you know, is a, been a great dad uh, to his kids. And, and all of us who parent know that it's not always appreciated uh, by your kids or by those around you, you know, the sacrifices that you make and the things that you do. Uh, so, Mike, uh, I'm, I'm just going to ask you, what, how, how would you, what aspects do you feel about I mean, I know you've been on this planet for a little while, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I remember Mike when he was a little bitty kid at church, you know what I mean? Just mom making him sit up against the wall. I was telling about that the other day. She was trying to keep track of him and his brothers because they'd be running around at the church, and she made him sit on the wall. And I remember looking at the cat slowly sneak off the wall one by one, pew, and start running and playing tag again with the other kids uh, at the church when I used to come up here and visit. And uh, you know, just looking at it now, and never would imagine back then that uh, that we'd be doing ministry together. You know, talking about business and other things like that. And because uh, you just never think about what somebody's going to grow up to be when they get there. But but when you when you look at your spiritual journey from when you were younger to to where you are now, uh, what are some things you just like to share with our listening audience about what, what how God moved in your life and how He got you to where you are today? Um, well, I would start with um, I was raised in church but um as a young man i strayed away and i chose the streets i chose to live a life absent of god 
but in those struggles, God still carried me. Um, and I'll talk about when I came to your church. Um, God, had, <laughs> I was sitting in a car with um, with um, with my um, with my wife, what was to be my wife, and God had put something on my heart, literally, and gave me a choice. And He said, "Either you're going to choose life, or you're going to choose death." And it wasn't a physical death, but it was a spiritual death that he was um, speaking to me of. And at that point, I began my journey of really, truly seeking God for who he is. And I went back originally to the pastor that I grew up with, um, Pastor Ray. And for some reason, God let me know that that's not where I where he wanted me to be. And so I came and I um, tried out BIC at the time. And I still remember to this day fully when I came in, I had to nappy fro had to pick in my hair and as soon as I come in my mom says well take it out and right then and there rebellion was like this isn't it <laughs> and then I um, continued to come and I remember I, my first thought was they praise and worship too long for me <laughs> like, like you guys have to sing so long and then um, when um, when you preached you um, you know had a lot of humor in it and I was just like God no 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 I need somebody who's serious about this because I want to be serious about this. So I stepped away again, but I remember you, my mom, and my wife prayed me back into the church. And when I came to the church and God let me know one particular day that this was the place for me, he um, basically told me to stand up one day and he said, look around. He said, this is your family. This is your home. And from that day on, I knew because when I left home, I haven't had a home since I left home as a teenager. And I knew that this body of Christ was now my home. Um, and as I began to get to know you and as and as I um, begin to see, because I always told God, I say, God, um, I need to I need to see and you need to sit, put men in my life to show me how to walk this thing out. I said, because if I'm going to truly live for you, I need to be able to see how to walk this out. And he placed um, many men in my life. He placed you. He placed Pastor Randy. He placed, he placed um, Kelvin. He placed Brad Peglow into my life. And you guys showed me how to walk it out. It wasn't a, I can tell you about it. I've seen your lives and I began to walk it out. And when I got serious and I decided, okay, God, I'm finna live for you, not just um, say I'm a Christian, but I'm going to live for you. Um, I had a list in my head of things that God, God, if you do this, 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 and that for me, I'll, you know, I'll know that you're real and not even that, but I'll, I'll just, these are just things that I need. And as I begin to, not seek the things, but seek God, God fulfilled every single thing that I had on my list. Mm. I say, God, I want a wife. He gave me a wife. I say, God, I want a job, not a career, not a job. He gave me a career. I say, God, I want a house. We got married on the 1st of May, closed on our house a week later. I say, God, I don't want a small family. I want a big family. He gave me custody of my kids so God showed me that as I'm true to him, he's more than true to me. 
and um even in the biggest thing that um that God some of the big things that God brought to me when I started living for him is he told me he said Michael what you have come to know a man is is not a man and I really struggled with that but then as I began to build and have a relationship with God I, I came to understand that the beliefs and thoughts that I took on as a young man is what a man is is not what a man truly is he began to tell me Michael a man is not hard a man is um, vulnerable a man is kind all the, the opposite of what I learned on the street of what a man is God began to show me and to begin to change my heart and to let me know that what a man is is not what I have come to believe and that's a that's a rough transition for 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 guys, especially uh, guys who've been, if especially if you've been in the street, you know what I mean. And and and, uh, and so sometimes I feel like I'm trapped between two worlds because uh, I was raised, you know, in the streets, but yet my mother, <laughs> you know, she was the biggest gangster on my block, so she <laughs> everybody was scared of her. And she made me go to school. She made me learn, right? So, and I, I noticed something amongst my my friends who have the uh, the college education or the masters or PhDs. They just have a whole different viewpoint of of uh, than the person raised, you know, on the streets. I prefer hanging with people from the street. I, that's it ain't hard to find if you hang around me or come to my house. It ain't hard to figure out who I rather I rather hang with. But I can hang with the other side, you know what I mean? Because you know I understand I understand that I understand both worlds. But the thing about it is, is that when it comes to being a man, I don't care which world you come from. Neither one teaches you how to be a man in the streets. It's 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 how hard you are, how rough you are, you know how you how much swagger you have, you know in academia. It's how proud you can be, how boastful you can be, you know what I mean? Even even on the corporate side, you know what I mean? People, you know, they they, they, they get that power. Power corrupts in either way, and, and there's a meanness there, you know what I mean? But, you know, with Christ, uh, there's, there's, there's meekness, and, and, and I never understood meekness, you know? And, and I remember one guy, one definition of meekness that I read is meekness is power under control. And, and and so you can't be meek unless you're powerful. You know what I mean? So it's not power that's out of control, rampant, you know, like snapping on somebody, threatening somebody, uh, you know, talking somebody down, robbing somebody. But it's, it's, it's power that's under control. You realize that this person, you know, can break my neck. <laughs> But they're cool. They're just not doing it. Just give you that look like one more time. Just one more time. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say nothing, but I'm going to do something. You know, and, and it's hard making that, that transition because then you start doubting you start doubting your manhood because all I ever saw in, in, in church was the church produced was womanizers and I, don't, man, I almost said a politically incorrect word, but... <laughs> womanizers and effeminate men. That's all I ever seen the church produce. You know, so either they were effeminate, you know what I mean, meaning that, you know, they just had those girlish ways, or they were womanizers. 
trying to see how many girls they could knock off, you know, you know, up, up in the church and outside the church. But I had never seen the church produce what I thought, you know, or what to me was a real man, you know, somebody who could stand his own, you know, what I mean, he can walk outside, bring peace to conflict, you know, uh, took care of his home, everything like that. I just never seen it happen. And one of the hardest moments for me as a young man was when uh, I found out I was having a son. And I remember sitting down with a friend of mine being sad. He said, what are you sad about? I said, man, I have to raise my boy in church. And he said, that's a good thing, man. We wasn't raised in church. And I said, yeah, but I ain't never seen the church produce no man. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then he said, yeah, Jesus. And I said, yeah, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Okay, yeah, that's what I had to go with. You know what I mean? And, uh, and you know, I, I, you know I, I, I was scary for them first five, six years. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to teach him what I knew. You know, part of me wanted to see him be able to, you know, fight. You know what I mean? Take care of himself. You know, do that. You know what I mean? Be the aggressor. The other part of me wanted to see him be humble and pray for people and, and give his last piece of bread away. You know what I mean? And so it was a conflict, man. It was it was a really – and I went through that conflict as a – coming from uh, death into life, you know, from the streets to salvation. But I also went through that conflict again as a dad. <laughs> You know, I don't want my boy to be the one, you know, get, get, get picked on coming home with no lunch money and nothing like that, you know, <laughs> but neither but neither do I want him to be the one that's beating up everybody taking their lunch money either, you know what I mean? So you got to, you know, the balance only can be found in Christ. So I, I have a question for you. Like you said, you said you got custody, you got custody of your children. Uh, you know, when did you become a dad? How old were you? Um, 16 when I... Had my first son. Yes. And, and his birthday is? Is the 14th of December. Right. Because my son's birthday is the 15th of December. And, and our, our sons are friends and they're one day apart. <laughs> but me and you are like, what, 18, 19 years apart in age? You know what I mean? And so, so uh, you know, and so, it, I mean, that, that's how long we've been, we've been knowing each other. But they, they both turned 22. And so, how was it as a teen dad? Were you, could you consider yourself responsible, or irresponsible? Where would, where would you put yourself as a teen dad? Um, very irresponsible, and not um, not really understanding the the responsibility of, of of my actions. I was just trying to please my flesh, and my son came of it. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and poof, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> And so now you 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 got custody of your kids when they were how old? Um, I believe Tay was ten. Ten. Yeah. Ten. And then so you got that made destiny. But seven. Seven. Seven in there. Yep. And so so you 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 go through this rigmarole. You 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 get family together. One of the funniest things before we go into the break and we come back. And uh, and we talk more about being a single parent, especially a single dad. Is that, uh, ladies, if 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 you have a husband or a boyfriend that was like Mike out there in the streets, tearing the streets up, you know what I mean, doing a little bit of everything. I remember his wife came to the church praying that she said he needs to change. He needs to change. He needs to change. He's not gonna live long if he keeps going like this. And she was crying. 
and we got to praying and then God got a hold of Mike and Mike come home saying we ain't watching this no more we going to church <laughs> here we reading our Bibles every day and she came back I didn't want him to change that much she said he, he changed it too much I said well you should ask God to come into the show you know what I mean <laughs> change him there you listen to Isaiah 61 this is Pastor Joe Sutton with my guest Michael Graves and we're gonna after the break we're gonna come back and talk about uh, being a single dad stay tuned Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Pastors, if you like free bowling, free food, and fellowshipping with other pastors around your local community, the Pins for Pastors bowling event is right up your alley. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Tuesday, January 26th at Park Tavern in St. Louis Park is the fourth annual AM 980 The Mission Pins for Pastors, beginning at 9 a.m. Bring your pastor friends, bring some business cards, and bring your appetite for this fun-filled afternoon as we honor our local pastoral community. Space is limited, so sign up now at am980themission.com. I want those hands up. That mix master Chris back there hitting us with the bumping sounds. Give y'all a little music on KKMS today. Uh, woke up this morning with faith. Yeah, that's, that was the subject of last month's messages was the favor of God. You know, I like I like uh, Pastor Solomon Aquaka's definition of favor. It's uh, righteous discrimination. <laughs> righteous discrimination. That's favor. It's like getting going in there. But but all right, you you're a single dad now. You 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 get you get your custody of your kids back. Uh, you know, I know then you get this big old giant family, you know, then in the midst of that, you know, I know, uh, you and your wife, you had to went through, went through a, a, a divorce and then you end up being a, a single dad with, 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 uh, three kids and, and, and your life, your life reads like the, uh, better than any reality show that anybody could come up with. <laughs> you, you didn't been through some fire and some flames, man down at, at Hennepin County Courthouse, just to even get custody of your kids, having to fight child protection, having to fight all these things, not getting any kind of assistance, uh, not getting, you know, I mean, you know, just you having to do it all, all alone and, and, and by yourself. Now, when you look back on it, you know, now that they're, what, 22, uh, our destiny is... 19 not, in two days. Yeah, it should be 19 in two days. And, uh, you know, so when you look back on it... Uh, what what are some of the, the the pros and the the cons of being a single, especially a single parent dad? Hmm. Um, well, I'll start with the pros, and um, 
it's funny because my my both my kids came to me one day and they asked me. They said, "Dad, would it would it have been better for you if we wasn't born?" And I had to explain to them that God literally used them to save my own life. And why I say that is I was so gone in the streets and in my uh, mentality was so gone that he literally brought me the responsibility of raising them to make me, you know, um, who I am and to have to lean on him, you know, have to trust in him that um, he's going to provide for me. He's going to keep a a roof over our heads. He's going to keep me with work to be able to feed the kids and to not have to depend on the system. Um, So, and and, um, I would say the cons, whew, boy. (laughs) Um, Just first of all, when I, when I got them, I was just, I just wasn't, um, I wasn't even considered um, by the system a part of, a legal part of their life. I had to um, go through so many hoops, so many different um, legal things just to even um, be able to get them signed up for school to um, <sighs> just to just to do regular things that a, a mom would be able to rights that a mom would just have. Um, but the joy of it was too is um, I learned a lot of um, a lot of patience with having the kids and um, I also learned just the beauty of, you know, being able to um, see them grow up. And, um, boy, that's a good question, Pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I would say a lot of struggles as far as, like, dealing with, even with trying to explain to the kids how the other parent isn't involved um, and how I have to try to balance out being um being a nurturer as well as a discipliner um cuz I'm more I come from more of a disciplinary upbringing but um having to figure out how to nurture them and give them a little bit of leniency and to make up them. for the fact that uh, and you always tried to involve mom but mom just was mom was more out there than you were so yeah yeah so so it, and it's and it's kind of hard you know you know I mean you Single parents can do well, but you never can do as well because you know God designed the thing for two. You know, like I said, you you got to play these roles. Am I going to be the discipline today? Or am I going to be the nurturer today? Am I going to be, you know, am I going to be fun fun pops or you know grumpy pops? You know, what I mean, <laughs> am I, I going to be the cook or the cleaner? Am I going to be the worker or the cook? And uh, and it it does. It, it's a tear. I, I'm I'm thankful that. Uh, that that my my wife is around and, and 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 that I can get that done. Now now when you look at it now you look at it now you you hear, uh, you know I know you got a a ministry call on your life, and uh you know and and so in this next phase of your life where where, where do you see that leading you to? You know where, where, I know you love being an entrepreneur you know and uh, I know you also love ministry. So where do you where do you see that taking you in your next phase of your life as we close out? Um, well, ministry, um, I really see ministry overtaking the um, the entrepreneur side because um, as we once talked about knowing if you're a priest or a king, it's like I know that I'm called to be a priest, 
but the king is you know like me wanting to bring financial wealth to my family is is really um is really my struggle now even though God told me that my job is to bring spiritual wealth and where I see myself is um starting hopefully starting with a youth group because I have a, have such a heart for the youth which is even funny because when I first got into this, I could not stand youth. <laughs> I just was like, no, they're lost. Let them be lost. Somebody be lost. else find Hard them. Hard <laughs> um, But God has just let me know and really placed on my heart such a love for the youth. And um, one of the biggest reasons is it's just purpose. You know, he's given me such a drive for purpose, to understand what purpose is. And I like the saying that Miles Monroe said. He said, when you live for purpose it wakes you up in the morning and I just want people to understand that they have a purpose in this world and their purpose begins and ends in Christ Amen Well once again you're listening to Isaiah 61 Radio Ministry Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis uh, come check us out on the website spiritoflord.org or 3dleadership.com Bless you and until next week walk in His power Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com